ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, police, your police time is here. Uh, we've called the cops. The Starsky and Hutch are on their way. Zebra 3, get that car that's very long, that boat-like object, and move it to this location of a vampire death. Uh, I'm in trouble. My name's Pancher Campbellton, and I'm a resident of Bay City, which is not a real place in Southern California, but that's where Starsky and Hutch work. And uh, there's only one person I trust, that if I'm pinned to the ground by a vampire, She'll just lay next to me because apparently that's all the hold you need to kill a woman in this town. The one, the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? I, I just have a question for you, Patrick. Sure. Uh, does does ACAB also include Starsky and Hutch? Yes, all cops are bastards do include <laughs> Starsky and Hutch, who at one point shoot at a guy in a car, not because he's driving at them, just because he's driving. And then dare him to move the car so that they could plug him with he's unarmed. So, yes, uh, they also break into a fucker's apartment without a search warrant and just start rifling through his shit. These are not good detectives. They fucking suck. And all of the detective work is done by a guy on the phone that they talk to. So, no, they suck. <laughs> Now that we have that out of the way. Now that we have that out of the way. I, here's the deal. Uh, on these, uh, you know, non, uh, you know, uh, request uh, months, we try to find something that we want to talk about. And every once in a while we find a, an old TV show has a horror episode and, or horror related, or just like a weird episode that we kind of want to talk about. And I some read somewhere that Starsky and Hutch had a weird cachet of unrelated horror episodes. They just like every October, like someone who was like doing a line of cocaine off a of secretary's ass is like this week we're talking, we're they're, they're going after a vampire and everyone goes, I, I guess, uh, I guess that's what he wants. So we'll have to write it. And that's what they did. And little did I know that half of Hollywood's that guy is in this particular episode of Starsky and Hutch. Oh, I wrote a list. <laughs> <laughs> that this episode um, so, features, uh, should, I, should, I, should I mention, no. should, should, we, should we mention who it is as we go along or should I mention who's actually in this episode? I, let's let's save it for as we go along because there's a tale okay. to be told. I mean, there's not much to this plot. So the fun is in the details. So uh, the opening credits of Starsky and Hutch, which is probably the, the thing I've seen the most of Starsky and Hutch. Had you ever watched a full episode of this fucking thing before you watched this? No, I think we were both probably a little too young to be on the, the Starsky and Hutch train. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, we, we, we talked about chips, uh, that was that started in the seventies, but that ended like around eighty two or eighty three. Um, yeah. I think Starsky and Hutch was was done by about seventy eight. So, like, even and if I like we happen like to be, go ahead, sorry, yeah, we happen to be just a little too young for it. Yeah, uh, you know, even if we, you know, if our parents happened to be watching it, we would have just been in the room at the same time at best. Right. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I think it was probably like a, a nine or 10 o'clock show rather than chips, which was like an eight o'clock show. Like that, that's something that started the night because it was 
as bland as fucking could be like as racy as that shit got was like a couple bikinis and how low Eric Estrada could button a shirt. Whereas Starsky and Hutch always has the undercurrent of sexual violence to it. It's just got a, a, these two fuck anything that moves vibe to it. Oh yeah. Speaking of sexual violence, can we like talk about for a second, how tight David soul's pants are, are in this, in this television series. Uh, yes, absolutely. I wrote down he looks like he's smuggling a German sausage roll in his pants. I, I what's de- describing what's going on there as a moose knuckle would be <laughs> I- inadequate. They're just like like it's an insult to mooses and their knuckles. Yeah, I think that it was Robin Williams, God rest his soul, who who made the joke about someone wearing pants so tight you could see what religion they were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's like, I don't, I honestly do not know how he walks. I definitely don't know how he runs because he is no. like just sewn into these jeans. He's definitely not wearing, <laughs> he's, he's definitely not wearing underwear. That much is obvious. No. So I, no I, I, I don't, that. you don't want panty yeah. lines. That, that, that ruins the yeah. whole vibe. I, I don't know if he did his own kind of shifting things to the side of his choice or if that was, you know, the wardrobe wardrobe manager that had to handle that, but <laughs> it is remarkable. Um, yeah, uh, and the opening credits for this—it begins to over the course of the two and a half minutes that it takes, begins to feel like the story of two cops falling in love because they are constantly tumbling into one another's arms. <laughs> I think there's a there's a shot where they're like running across a beach and like we're like matching outfits. <laughs> yes. Gina. It, they're it's wearing, a like, they're wearing it's a, like they're wearing like yeah they're wearing like little like little matching like like booty shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and like God love them. They're I'm, I'm sure they're in the shape of their lives or whatever. But the whole thing about this particular you know, genre. It's these two guys are buddies. It's a, it's a mismatch. He's from Duluth, Minnesota, and, and Starsky is from the Bronx or fucking whatever. And it's like, what does that matter? They seem like the exact same person with different haircuts, and they're just two horn dogs who happen to be cops. That, that's the only thing that that comes to mind when you see them but the if you were to just watch the opening credits it looks like a romance between the two of them and i think that would probably be more interesting yeah i mean certainly if they were going to uh do it today i think they would be a little more free to kind of explore that element um Mm -hmm. you ever see that movie patrick the one with uh ben stiller and owen wilson Oh, yes, I did. I literally have almost no recollection of it. I think I laughed twice. One is the <laughs> do it, do it yes, sequence. That's, that's the only, I was going to say, that's the only part I remember. <laughs> and the uh, the other one is a, a monologue on a boat uh, that I vaguely remember laughing at, but I can't remember why. Uh, the rest of it is an absolute haze. Like it just seems like 
Ben Stiller could get anything greenlit, so that's what they did. When what they should have made, the the movie that Ben Stiller should have made was the Hardy Boys mystery with him and Tom Cruise. I can't think, yeah. <laughs> that they were, that they had grown up to be shitty boy detectives still. And uh, I think that would have been funny. Much funnier than Starsky and Hutch. Again, the do it sequence, which now is just a gif on Twitter. Um, that's the only thing that I can remember about that movie. But this episode opens with, lo and behold, John motherfucking Saxon, who I did not know was in this, but I was oh so happy to see. Oh, my God. He, uh, he's very game to do a lot mm-hmm. of stuff in this episode. And, and you know how I've said to you before that I always wanted to hear how uh, Jonathan Demme explained to Ted Levine what was going to happen <laughs> In the uh, do you want to fuck me scene and in Silence Little Lambs, like what he was supposed to do Mm -hmm. and and what that scene was supposed to evoke. I I really want to have hear how any of this was explained to John Saxon. Well, you're you're a vampire, but you're also a a famous ballet dancer who Mm -hmm. might have been injured at some point or you might be lying about that. We're not we're not really sure. Yeah. Uh, he also might be Batman, at least by the way he runs. It's the most <laughs> Batman of any Dracula I've ever seen. I, the whole um, time I'm watching, whenever he's on screen, I'm like, is this supposed to be scary? <laughs> is, is it just supposed to be weird? Am I supposed to take it seriously? Why is his apartment look like someone hit the bulk red candle sale? Um, he's resplendent in a white silk shirt and it just, it's speaking directly to a painting of a woman expecting a conversation back. And I'm like, if there was just an hour of this, I'd watch it. It is riveting. (laughs) I truly wonder what kind of fucking vampire lives in a second story walk-up apartment, but Starsky and Hutch answers that question. It's John Saxon. As uh, what what's his Navalny or something like that? Some sort of vaguely Eastern European name. I don't know. I wrote down John Saxon throughout the entire thing. <laughs> he is not playing a character. He's playing yeah, John no, he, Saxon yeah, who happens to teach yeah, he, ballet. He's supposed to be a vampire. So, of course, he's got the teeth, but he's still got mm-hmm. the John Saxon male pattern baldness. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, sometimes he has a vague accent. Other times he does not, de- 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 depending. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to come and go. <laughs> yeah, he's got those, um, he's got the, those like, uh, he's got those like, you know, Halloween vampire teeth. Yes. It's definitely a full set, not just the eye teeth that's going across because they're a distinctly different color than the rest of his teeth. Uh, and he's talking directly to a painting of what appears to be a Bratz doll as <laughs> I thought from a, a distance that's a, a very I, I, big a eyes dis- poster from, from a distance I was like is that Tyra Banks <laughs> I mean yeah the same kind of eye makeup same updo uh you wouldn't be off yeah it, it's it's very Tyra-esque 
Um, but we learn that it is a full moon. And as we all know, a full moon is, of course, when the threat of vampires is the <laughs> highest. Gina. <laughs> <laughs> Those things well, there's, there's are very also, closely there's, associated. There's also a uh, a scene later when uh, he is stalking one of his victims, and and you know that uh, that he is that he is near because you hear like a bobcat snarl. <laughs> yes, like I wrote Gina. Fucking, you're reading my mind. I'm like, she is being stalked by a goddamn bobcat in a parking garage. How is that possible? Who thought that was a good idea? <laughs> speaking of Hardy, speaking of the Hardy Boys mystery, because I did a, a a not that they're going to get a bunch of play off of uh, of a Patreon episode, but I did an episode of my uh, of my old uh, Universal Pals uh, podcast, and they watch old TV shows, and we did the Hardy Boys. Uh, <laughs> it was the Dracula's Castle episode, and every time they cut to the establishing shot of Dracula's Castle. There's a werewolf howl every single time. Just castle. <laughs> like, why? But every time, every time the camera finds it, a werewolf is howling. That seems highly suspicious. Um, but a lovely young thing gets off the bus. Um, and you know, she's a dancer because she's got the boots with the fur, or at least that's how her pants make it look. It's quite an outfit. Anyway, she's got some she's, she's got mean, some kind of like Native American like like yeah. uh, uh halter top thing on. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a disco Pocahontas look, which is great. Um <laughs> she's filling it out fantastically, but it turns out that Count Saxon is stalking this very sexy public transportation taking lady. And he strikes like a real batsman out of the shadows, low to the ground, and his cape appears to be connected to the sleeves of his silk shirt so that it flows behind him when he approaches. It's like no, he's he doesn't, he, trying he, he, he to doesn't, achieve flight. He doesn't approach. He runs at her. Yeah. Which is which which is which is hilarious because again in our in you know in our typical you know, well I've had a good run. You know, women just yes. stand there and scream while he's running at them. They don't like, yeah, like you know, turn oh. and run in the other direction. They're just like, Well, all right, here comes death. I just feel like both of us could outrun a hunched Cape flowing John Saxon, Gina. I, I just I feel like we could now. Obviously, Bay City, it's supposed to be Los Angeles, yes. It's supposed to be, I guess they filmed it um, in the South Bay here. So it's um, around the port of LA, I guess, is sort of the part of Los Angeles that they're in. They're making it. I, from my youth, always imagined it being San Francisco. I was surprised to learn it was some other locale. But yeah, it's pretty much the South Bay of LA. So at no point in time would like the streets be empty or anything like that. You know, it's a sleepier part of town. There's no, the thing about that particular area um, is that there's only one direct freeway connection, the 110, which is what the big trucks take down to the port of LA. So to get through there, it's a bit sleepier. It's why people end up in Manhattan Beach and all of that area is because 
it's not heavily trafficked necessarily, but the way this portrays that area, you would think it's like a bustling metropolis. But also, yes, why her apartment courtyard, she's allowed to be attacked by a growling, balding man in a cape and no one looks out a window. I'll, I don't know. Couldn't say. That's his life in the big city, man. Yes. So we cut to the playpen where you don't have to go home, but you sure as hell don't want to stay there. Um, this is where we meet one Huggy Bear, uh, and he tells us that the reason he is now a, what we, I believed to be a quote-unquote pimp, is now running a bar is because his cousin has put him in charge because uh, he has lost a lot of money on frog futures, which, how are frog futures doing right now, Gina? Uh, you know, it's uh, jumping up and down. Eh? <laughs> I just completely pulled that one out of the air. You like sprung that on me. I'm like, frogs? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> All right. You're continuing to hit the puns, though. You haven't you haven't take your foot off the gas. And I appreciate you for that. Um, I don't think I've watched a show with more performative heterosexuality than this episode. Of <laughs> oh, my God. They should they, they have want, they neon want so, signs they, around their necks like, I like ladies already. They they want so bad to 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 be involved in a, in a four-way where they get to do most of the making out with each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's so much bumping happening on the dance floor <laughs> while they make eyes at these ladies. And these ladies that they, was, that they continually refer to as twins. And yes. I'm like, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, is this, is this like a joke or, 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 you know, are these, uh, are we actually to believe that these are twins because they're not twins. No, they both happen to have blonde hair, but they don't particularly super look like one another. And I was thrilled to learn that one of these quote unquote twins was the fans, Colleen Camp, Gina. Yes, that, uh, excuse you, seductions, Colleen Camp. Very, very true. The the person who, who owns a lot of neon cacti in her living room, Colleen Camp. Um, yeah, her, her uh, character she, is named Bobette. <laughs> Bobette. I, I don't know. I think I would have completely missed that if I if I did not have the captions on. Not Babette. Bobette. B-O-B-E-T-T-E. Bobette. Babette is my dad. I'm Bobette. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, they they uh, the, 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 the you know their twins joke is run so in the ground they do the whole, you know, I'm whatever the other girl's name i've already forgotten you know you i'm tammy she's bobette and it's like they don't they they don't they don't look alike why why are you what what is the what is it you couldn't find twins weren't the landers doing sisters doing something that week you're right the landers the landers were booked on bj and the bear so they couldn't get them in there (laughs) they did, did not have any other twins available to them uh so, yeah, I, I don't particularly get it. I was very distracted by how all the songs in this show are so bongo forward. That is that is a choice. <laughs> but I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember if it was this scene or like the later scene in the bar where like 
start one of them one of them starts getting hunched as the other it's like we can get them your place or mine it's like go to your own fucking places <laughs> this is weird yes <laughs> don't be, be like 35 year old men talking about you're gonna take all your you're gonna take your your pickups to the same place like, yeah, you, what, what, like what are you gonna make out in the living room the other one's gonna take the bedroom and then you'll switch off jeez what are you 17 <laughs> I don't know. Do you have to like look over at the other one and go, am I doing this? Okay. You got, are, just, are you on high five each training other the, wheels? Just high five at each other in the middle of it. <laughs> pulling an Eiffel tower from across the room. No one else is interested in it. Just start fucking already. Stop putting people in between you. Just have sex. So their attempt to bag Bobette and her friend is stymied because they are summoned by the captain on their night off. You know, the one chance they have to date each other. Uh, I mean, the captain captain who somehow knew to call the local shitty single bar to find Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the worst place in town that I'm sure to find my two they won't separate even for an evening detectives. Oh, yeah, where, where, yeah. You're, where you're, the, the where you're, admi- where your admission comes to free herpes sore. <laughs> <laughs> where no one's caught the clap this week, the playpen, <laughs> but that's okay. If you didn't get it there, where they're going oh. to is probably even worse. <laughs> because it, it appears that a dancer is dead. And and she danced at a place called Slade's Cave, which appears to be on the back lot of Universal Studios. And this turns out to be a strip club. And you can <laughs> sense the verbal dick fingers I'm putting on that because this is 70s television. And so stripping has been reduced to, I don't know, watching Pebbles Flintstone try to pay her way through college and failing. It's she's just sort a of, real weird just- scene. She's sort of doing this like kind of indifferent shimmying and and yeah. like and like Starsky's just like mesmerized by this. And like, <laughs> he, like he cannot believe it's happening. This this uh, <laughs> you, would, this you would have thought she had sprouted dumbo ears and flown across the room the way he stares. The 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 cave the 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 interior of Slade's cave it's all decorated with beanbag chairs. Beanbags. How, I can't how, imagine, what kind I, of bar runs with beanbags as chairs, I, I, Gina? They're, they're, I, I can't imagine trying to get out of a beanbag chair after I've had a couple of drinks and had to like <laughs> kind of just roll out of it onto the floor. <laughs> just everyone is essentially laying on the floor trying to drink, but also watch strippers. This is not. This is not a good business plan. Have but, you ever tried also, to get beer out of a beanbag? It's not easy. I, I can imagine getting a lot of things out of a beanbag isn't easy. <laughs> well, the way the stripping is happening, no one's having any sexual feelings. I'll tell you that. That is, um, but the good news is, is that Slade is played by with stoned confidence by that guy, G.W. motherfucking Bailey of Police Academy. Police Academy. Academy. <laughs> it took me a second. I was like, what is that? <gasps> oh, it is him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. And 
he looks wild in this. It is a, a real getup that he's wearing. He's 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 donning a hat that says I'm auditioning for Fat Albert's junkyard band later. <laughs> and uh half passed out on his arm, one Suzanne Summers. <laughs> well, I guess is is trying to give I'm coming down off of heroin, but only reaches I'm sweepy, kind of. <laughs> It's well, that's okay the, because of, not, because of. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Please continue. I was going to say, you know, that's okay because um, Paul Michael Glazer. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen him in anything else but Starsky mm-hmm. and Hutch. But boy, yeah. as he takes a uh, low key approach to, to acting, doesn't he? <laughs> 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 there, there are certain, think- there are certain points where I thought, honest to God, I thought that this you know, kind of listless stripper at Slade's cave had was putting him under some sort of spell because he spends oh, like half the sense. episode just kind of stumbling around and like, you know, every, ever hear about, <laughs> do you know that Dracula is his real name, Hutch? And he's just like, he sounds half asleep for most of the episode. Yeah. And I guess he's supposed to be do like the sort maybe- of the laconic counterpart to like the, the, the super ebullient hutch, I guess. And it just like, like, I don't know, man. Yeah. Or it was an off week. I'd have to watch more episodes, but it's also quite possible that the tightness of his pants is cutting off the circulation to his head. That that's also possible. That's also possible. It turns out that count Saxon doesn't just live above an old movie theater. It's also now Renee's school for classical ballet and other dances you want to dance good. It turns out that Count Saxon is a dance teacher because of course he is. And he has no trouble doing this in the middle of the day. You know, like a real vampire. He has a day job. And so, like all ballet teachers, he's focused on the dancers with the most professional opportunities in a field well behind him because Every ballet dancer in there is in their late twenties. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I was like, I was like, oh boy, it's uh, easy to see which ones, which extras did not have any actual dance experience when they hired right. them. <laughs> like, you've taken a ballet class, haven't you? And someone's like, I guess I have. Well, can you do this one move and just do a long, lazy circle around John Saxon for the afternoon? I guess. And so that's what they do. And I, he just like stares at them. And I guess that's helpful somehow. I don't particularly understand. And then I just have a note here that says, what? I don't know what that's in reference to, but something (laughs) happened in that scene. Um, It might've been in reference to the fact that John Saxon is poured into that hot dog colored turtleneck. It leaves nothing to the imagination, Gina. No, no. The, the, you know, the, the women are wearing a lot of like, you know, low cut shirts and, you know, very tiny shorts, but you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the men are just as, if not more objectified. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's very, it's, it's less than equal opportunity because I don't think any woman is an, as a revealing an outfit as either John Saxon or Starsky or Hutch. It's just, they are all 
basically in dance unitards posing as cop uniforms. It's, it's wild. (laughs) And they're like, Hey, this honey lady used to dance here and she's dead. And he's like, Oh no. Oh, that's all. That's terrible. I uh, would never think uh, things are going so wrong out in the world. Like John Saxon (laughs) is not doing a good job of avoiding suspicion. No, he's got like the sweat exploding out of his forehead at this point. <laughs> and he's so intense in denial. And then Starsky's like, I think something's wrong with him. And you're like, uh, yeah, something. He's a fucking vampire at night. Like, get it over with. We all know it. We all saw it. Why can't you figure it out? And he just doesn't. Cut to. The captain's office. This captain's office is gigantic. One. Two, lots of law books on the wall. And I'm not entirely sure a police captain needs law books. I I am not a police captain nor a lawyer, but I'm going to have to say those are two separate positions in the world. Well, they have to make sure that, you know, it's legal to 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 you hit a suspect with a phone book to make him talk. (laughs) true and at the time i believe it was well within any policeman's rights so the captain informs both starsky and the aforementioned hutch that there was saliva found on the neck of honey and not all the blood was accounted for and there was also another victim who had the exact same mo and they're like oh yeah that other person who was drained of blood with two bite marks on her neck like yes That should be the first fucking thought that comes across you when there's two fucking vampire-like killings that maybe they're related, detective, you fucking idiot. (laughs) The case case that they apparently just dropped because they couldn't think of anything, they couldn't think of anything, uh, you know, any other clues that possibly might lead to a killer. They couldn't be bothered to investigate the vampire killer on the list a month ago. So and now that there's two dead ladies, now it's a problem. And so <laughs> David soul gets on the phone and starts barking orders at an unseen Roger. And <laughs> I'll just come right out and say it, Gina, David soul is no Bob Newhart. It's a lot no. for him to be responsible for this you don't hear the other person on the phone gag. And he's like, yes, blood fetishists, Roger. <laughs> and like, is this what people found funny in 1977? It's like, no, we're not looking for a vampire, even though we know that, that they're looking for a vampire. No, we're just looking for someone who broke out of an insane asylum and likes to suck blood. Okay. That's the only thing we're looking for. Do not look in the files for a vampire. You know what you should have done? Look in the files for a vampire, but no, they don't listen to me. So and he was much, he was, he would be much more open to the idea of vampires. They'd be here two years later. <laughs> exactly. And this is a very weird setup for him to then just a mere two years later be all up to his literal neck in vampires on Salem's Lot. Uh, something he's a much better actor in than this. Oh yeah. I was gonna say, like, yeah, don't don't watch this. You can watch this. It's on it's on Amazon Prime. 
but you could also yeah. watch Salem's Lot on uh, on Tubi, and it's a much better it's it's a much better use of your time. Infinitely better. Meanwhile, Starsky is in a bit of his own, which he is interviewing local vampire enthusiasts or just people in superhero costumes who claim to be vampire killers. And um, oh my god, we need more bits in straight cop dramas. At one point, Starcy goes, you know, anything could happen these days. Like there's, there's, there's pictures. Oh, you know, they put a camera on Mars. They're taking pictures of Mars. There's girls trying out for football teams, vampire killers. These are not related events. And I don't know what they <laughs> fucking mean. I don't know why they're coming out of your mouth. Why is your neck moving? You idiot. <laughs> sleep starsky <laughs> seriously he needs more sleep um yeah they need they need to be they, they, they you know they need to be you know doing you know you you know, less going out looking for tail and more sleeping <laughs> yes no they need to cut back on their tail patrol that is a hundred percent true uh we cut back to the ballet school which we establish the hell out of in this episode if you're wondering if there is a ballet school in an old movie theater guess what this show will tell you it exists so while they're all dancing all while the ballet students are dancing around john saxon's just like oh oh necks make me hot i need the necks i love the necks and he just focuses on this one lady there's supposed to be like some suggestion the way or certainly the way he keeps talking to this painting of his late wife, which honestly, it just looks mm-hmm. like a, it looks like a velvet painting that, he just yes. that they wife. picked up at a, at a local, you know, uh, flea market that like, you know, soon we'll be together again. And, and it's almost time. And this is never really explained like you know is is his you know like does he have to like kill like two more women and his wife will come back or something like this is like i i this is never really explored as to what he means here or what's supposed to happen in terms of like how does this evil plot make sense we've had a lot of villains who just whatever their deal is it never equals dollar sign dollar sign dollar sign this is another one that doesn't make any sense. Again, how many necks you got to at that your dead wife comes back to life? Is it, it, did he recover from his injury because he's been eating lady necks? Uh, we don't know. It's never answered. It's just something that's thrown out there for us to discuss on a podcast many decades later. <laughs> no one gives us a fucking clue. i can only imagine the discussions in the tv guide but of course people weren't allowed to talk to one another back then so we had to wait multiple decades for us to have a discussion of how this fucking evil plane works gina (laughs) god bless the internet this would have never happened if not for the internet True. It, it's it, you, you know what the loss you, of you our democracy and people's rights. It's all been worth it for this. You, you would have never. You would have. You would have gone your entire life not knowing me and never having this conversation. 
Yes, it's very, very true. The world would be lesser for it, and certainly I would too. Um, John Saxon becomes so obsessed with this lady's neck that he just kind of like stops moving. And I'm like, can someone plug or unplug John Saxon back in? <laughs> I mean, she's, she's pretty, she's she's pretty foxy. Way, oh, she's way foxy for sure. Um, we then cut to Starsky and Hutch. They go to visit their local Dan Aykroyd, a guy named Guy Bold, who is dressed like a laugh-in backup dancer. <laughs> and then David Soul, in a moment that really screams, do you want to take two on this? And someone said, no, moving on, says, Hug Bear sent us over here. Hug? I mean, Huggy is when you're familiar with him. His formal name is Hug Bear. Okay, sure. Why Huggin, not? Hugginsworth Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Sir Hugginsworth the Bear. Sir Hugginsworth Bear the Third. <laughs> His intimates call him Huggy. Yes. <laughs> Please, please, only my subjects call me that. You may deem to call me Huggy. Um, <laughs> so they, they're asking him, like, he's the local seance director and oogie boogie uh, man, salesman. And they're like, hey, do you know any Satanism going on? You got any, got any vampires on the loose? And he's like, well, if you pay me, I'll consult the spirits and they'll tell me. And Starsky, like, hands him two bucks. <laughs> and he goes, mm. <laughs> and all of a sudden we got an actor's workshop exercise going on where the guy is like making deep guttural noises and he's clutching his bosom and is like, oh boy, get over it. Meanwhile, like the assistant director is going, stretch, stretch. <laughs> We only have 12 minutes of commercials in the 70s. Go. So it's all like bullshit. And at the end of it, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Fucking vampires. They usually get 30 bucks for this shit. Hit the bricks, asshole. And they all look at each other and like, mm, what are you going to do? I don't know. Why did we all waste our time with this scene? It's really fucking stupid. But it's all made worthwhile when we see this foxy lady who's leaving her day job in a very tall office building and she goes into the parking garage and all of a sudden out of nowhere you hear a fucking bobcat. <laughs> Just wow. It's like that old that old nowhere, car, Gina. It's like that old uh car commercial, like 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 uh Mercury. Look look at the you know, the sound of the cat. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and, <laughs> and meanwhile, Sarsky and Hutch get a call that a quote unquote caped prowler is on the loose and they, you know, turn on the flashers and hit the gas. Meanwhile, the foxy lady is, it turns out she is trying to get into her Ford Pinto. So is she in more danger getting into that car or <laughs> being attacked by a vampire? I mean, she could have, you know, dodged out of the way and, and let him run into the Pinto and then presumably it would explode. 
<laughs> very, very, Gina, here's the thing. This is why vampires are not going to attack you. You have countermeasures. <laughs> That's perfect. He never would have survived that explosion. How many necks would he have to et to get back into, like, he would have ended up like Tom Cruise in that interview with the vampire, just sitting in a decayed mansion like a mummy person. Uh, he, there's no way he can recover from a, a Ford Pinto explosion. <laughs> but no, again, she just stands there, you know, like, ah, swoon's dead. <laughs> what am I going to do? Drop to the floor. And so when Starsky and Hutch pull up, because of course they're the first to arrive, John Saxon is basically canoodling her on, they're spooning on the concrete while he drinks the blood from her neck, but he has no blood on his mouth and she has no blood on her neck. How is he killing these women, Gina? I he, he's very efficient in in his in his blood drinking. I will say that. Yes, he he sips with a dainty straw. I don't know what it, how he manages to get away with it, but he does manage to get away with it. He takes off in a dash, and of course, you know what that means. What everyone looks forward to when it's a Dracula movie: a vampire foot chase. So. They jump up the stairs, they go to the roof of this building, and then John Saxon pulls a fucking blade and jumps 25 feet across one rooftop to another and just lands, does a neat little roll, and takes off. And David Soul's left to go stand there and go, how the fuck did that vampire just jump between two roofs? How the fuck does this happen? <laughs> Well, apparently, given what happens to him at the end of the episode, he has forgotten how to do this. Right. Well, he had a running start. He didn't have a running start for this, for the end of this. But, of course, we, we will get to that. Uh, it should be noted that whatever the constant shot of Starsky and Hutt's police station, which always has their, their car in front of it, how come they get the best parking spot in front of the police station? Do they have that reserved? Well, they have the coolest car. Come on. That's true. It's very, very true. Um, and so this is when we get the full dramatic, the full comedic scene in the police station where a guy dressed as Superman with a, a picture of himself on the front of his I love it. Johns. I love it. That's, that, that's, that, that's going to be my Halloween costume next year. Oh, I'm just going to be that guy. <laughs> You don't, you, this is a great scene from an episode of Starsky and Hutch. You had to have seen it, but exactly, uh, this is really, really great. Meanwhile, Starsky is chewing on a paperclip, which can't be good for your dental work. And then the guy runs into a door opened by the captain uh, in what seems to be an unbroken shot. It's just, wow. <laughs> People just would set up a couple of cameras and they're like, I don't know, do the scene. We'll be back in half an hour. <laughs> uh, so now that John Saxon really has gotten a streak going here, he's just hungry for more ladies. But of course there's one main rule of vampirism. Don't suck from the same girl supply because people will start to pick up on the pattern. Um, and he has now done murdered two women from his ballet school. So that that's, that's a, that's a bad turn of events. 
but it also kind of points the finger at Slade somehow, who turns out to be a Satanist for a, a capitalist Satanist. Like it's a side hustle. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a Satanist, but only in a, 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 you know, showbiz sort of way, because apparently right. the, yes, the, the people, the, the people will pay a lot of money to, to, to see fake satanic rituals. Yeah. I like, how does that working out for you? But he's like, I got six figures in the bank account. Like, I guess uh, he's a Satanist for pay. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so he jumps out the window, gets into his car. And this is when then uh, David soul just straight up fires at this car and says, don't move. And it's like, you should have your, you should have your badges and guns taken away. That is not how you, things operate. You could, very easily just shoot out a fucking tire. You don't have to let out a goddamn gunshot without any idea where that bullet's going to end up. It's fucking insane. Well, you know, that's, you, you, this is sort of an error where, you know, cops are just like, you know, pull out a gun at, and point it at children to get them to get off their lawn. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's very much in that vein. But basically, they're like, all right, well, maybe we can get him to flip if the DA is involved. And the captain's like, so what is his connection to the vampire? And Starsky, you know, wanted to get this correct, so I rewound it. Quote, whoever he turned on, turned on and flipped out. I, all right, those are words. <laughs> so, like, the suggestion is that, like, you know, the satanic ritual turns somebody into a vampire. Is is that like, cause then, cause then there is, it does turn out like that the, 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 the dead wife was part of it or something that, that part wasn't yeah. quite clear either. Well, Slade has a, Slade has a photograph of her painting, but like, I, I don't know how that works. Like, can I tell I, you, I, I, lo- I love, I love, I love the Baphomet stained glass window in Slade's apartment. Oh, yeah. That that looks like something yeah. you'd see in like Marilyn Manson's house. <laughs> yes. Yeah, another Satanist for pay. Um, for sure. That he and Slade have a lot in common by the looks of it. Um, so at some point, Saxon attempts to lure Suzanne Summers over to the dance studio with a veiled threat of. I have pictures of something. So if you're a real friend of Slade, you'll come over and do something about it. I don't, I don't really know. It seems to work, but this is when Starsky and Hutch break into Slade's apartment without a warrant and find a bunch of Satanist photographs, including one of of Saxon's dead wife painting. And they're like, aha, we solved the, and I'm like, I, Yes, we it's all like you, that. It's, it's like you did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, none of this will hold up in court, so I'm. I hope you're fucking happy. But they're like, let's get over to the ballet school. Meanwhile, at the ballet school, we have the dance of the middle aged vampire hand. Oh my god, this is is it? Can you do? Do you have the capability? Because I don't know how to do it to just narrow a video down to a clip. That could be like posted online because oh. people need to see this. I will try. I just regained the ability to do um, to to do uh, uh, screen captures, but I watched it on Apple TV. So uh, 
I can't get it all. I can only do it on Google Chrome. So I'll try to figure that out. But yes, I would love, love, uh, love that clip of this. Whoever this dancer is, he's doing a great job, but they have filmed it from half a football field away so that you might might mistake this individual for John Saxon because they cannot get close enough to him. He's not doing dance moves anyway. So he's like pirouetting and dancing with his cape. He's mostly just kind of leaping around. Yes. (laughs) And doing it. Listen, I'm not going to take away from the man's leaping abilities. He's leaping with a capital L. But I guess it's all warm up for Suzanne Summers, who once she enters Brawless, by the way, um, he just immediately, you know, zoom 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 and barrels her over but somehow she's able to avoid getting at long enough for starsky and hunched to enter the scene and they have an extended let's crawl up the theater proscenium fight that seems to have belonged to a phantom of the opera episode more i was gonna say it's a little it's a little it's a little family i was gonna say exact same thing a little family opera-esque yeah, so there's a lot of sandbags being tossed and uh, flying around on ropes. And at some point, uh, Hutch is on the bottom of the ladder and the and John Saxon's climbing up the middle and Starsky cuts him off at the pass and is like, hey, stop that. And the <laughs> John Saxon like looks at where he's going to leap next and is like, come on, you can do it, baby. And then a stuntman takes over and just swan dives right down into an <laughs> airbag that you can't see. But does that kind of fall where you know they're hitting an airbag? Because you have to hit it with your back. There's 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 no ropes. There's no wires. He's hitting an airbag, people. So I guess gravity can kill a vampire because he's dead. And and that's that's the end of that story. Yeah, apparently that 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 cape did nothing for that fall. Yeah. Uh, and then Starsky and Hutch go back to try to get in Colleen Camp's pants and at some point and then hugs Barrington the third, does an extended bit of how he's going to cure Starsky's vampirism. And and then Colleen Camp's like, that can't be true. And Starsky turns around with the a pair of fake Halloween werewolf teeth in his mouth that he can't even open his teeth mouth wide enough to expose. And the sigh I let out Gina could be heard <laughs> from space. And I love, he turns to like Hutch and Hutch does a little, Oh you. And then like a freeze is like police squad style on the credits. Right over. Yes. Yes. I mean, it is so police squad. <laughs> You just know that they were watching this shit and going, oh my God, this is fucking terrible. Do you have, do you have a favorite? to make a comedy out of this. Do you have a favorite of one of the, 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 the freeze frame ones? Cause I, I like the one where they're pouring the coffee and like it starts overflowing yeah. on the Leslie Nixon's hand. <laughs> because then it ends up like hitting an electrical outlet and it starts sparking. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause there's that one. There's yeah, like, I think uh, that's my favorite too when the the old Nordberg like tries to freeze frame with them and like he's like changing his pose <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's another one with like a I chimpanzee to... 
<laughs> that like jumping around yeah. in the background. <laughs> I tried to get like because uh, Ollie loved a uh, Holy Grail, and so I'm like, okay, why don't we try Airplane? And he was kind of like, eh. I'm like, really? Like, it's just wall to wall jokes. Like, if this one doesn't work for you, you wait six seconds and another joke happens. And he just wasn't into it. And I'm like, well, maybe he liked the naked gun more. So I'm like, okay, I have the Blu-ray of a police squad and we'll watch those. And he got through the first one. He's like, it's not even funny. I'm like, come on, come the fuck on. Oh, it's so hard with comedy with that kid. Cause I, I was so enthused that he liked Monty Python, but he doesn't like flying circus. He only likes Holy Grail. He will he will watch Holy Grail once every three months. Mm, the children. What's with the children these days? I, I do not know. I do not know. I cannot um I cannot account for it. Uh, if we were to choose our own death venture, it's either get bit in the neck or take a swan knife off of a, uh, a theater proscenium. So what say you, Gina? I mean, I'm going to say bit in the neck because I'm going to have a good laugh in my last moments on this earth with, with some <laughs> middle-aged dude sure. just running at me like, Rawr! with like, you know, his like Halloween adventure cape, like flying out behind him. <laughs> That's attached to his silk pirate shirt. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, as much as I want to cuddle with John Saxon as I slip off this mortal coil, and I very much do, I do love dying via long swan dive into an airbag. I mean, that's very 70s cop show. So I do kind of like that. And I think I might have to choose that one. Um, so there's that. Uh, thank you, everyone. Uh, for being a supporter here on Patreon. And speaking of supporters, Gina, I will ask you this, knowing that you might not have it prepared, so I'm vamping just a little bit to give you extra time to maybe discover who these people might be, but who are our new Patreon supporters? One second. I am just sorting my email. I didn't vamp long enough. I thought I had you thought didn't I was tripping fantastic and vamp long enough. Okay, we've got uh <laughs> Carrie, um mm-hmm. Jeremy. Let's see, who else do we have here? Craig, Ooh. Brad, wow. Carissa, Nola, mm-hmm. and Alice. So October, October, November has been a good month. Oh, good, good, good. Well, I'm very glad for that. And thank you to all, whether it's a short time, long time or something in between, you are helping keep this podcast free for everyone else, including, and uh, helping support us. You allowed us to, to pay for this episode of Starsky and Hutch uh, out of out of the funds that you provide to us, and so your your money is going to a worthy cause, and we thank you for it. Uh, at the end of November, that is when we're going to begin our fantastic journey to uh, Camp Crystal Lake. That's right, we're going back. Just when you thought we were out, they pull us back in. It's the film franchise you won't let us get rid of. Uh, we'll be talking over the 1980 version of Friday the 13th. So that will be fun to revisit. We'll see if we can come up with some new jokes. I don't have any notes, so (laughs) we'll see how it goes. I won't be able to verify if they're new jokes or old, so that'll be fun. 
Um, but that just about does it. Uh, thank you for all your support. Uh, don't worry, folks. The Bond Camp will continue for myself and for Gina. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.